Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome to our service this morning here at Roxborough Church. Welcome those that are online. We just thank God for you for, um, for tuning in. We ask that everybody clear their hearts and minds. We, we have one announcement. Um, with the Hicken Church, the um, online service is now streaming. You can go to our YouTube section to find it. And you also can go to our Facebook page to find it as well. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you, Lord. We glorify and we magnify your name. Lord, we ask that you would just have your way in the service, Father. We ask that you would stir up the atmosphere, Lord, with your spirit. And, Father, we know that wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, Father, we ask that you would give us freedom, freedom from all pain and all sin. Father, we ask for your salvation, your glory. Lord, we ask for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, for your ever presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today, this morning, we are going to go right into the um, Apostles' Creed. So if you would um, stand with me, those that are here, and let's um, go right into the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From this he will come again, just living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Praise God for his amazing grace. Amen. It's offering time as we continue in our worship. This is a time where... We give back to the Lord and be a blessing to the house of God. Amen. So we thank God for what he has done for this ministry and the opportunity to serve in this community. And so we ask at this time if you would prepare in your hearts and minds to help us continue in this ministry, in this community. As you give what the Lord has set on your hearts to give. Those that are online, you can click the um, the link below to give according to what God has placed in your heart to give. And so while you're preparing your offering to give, those that are here, the box is to my left and to your right. And let's pray as we also prepare our hearts to receive from the word of God. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we're able to be a blessing into this house and this ministry, and this community. Father, we thank you for the rich word in the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Pastor Crawford prepares heart to give and to 
edify the body of Christ with the words that you have placed in his heart. Father, we ask that you would stir up the gifts that's within them. Father, use them for your glory. Allow your words to flow through him to strengthen us, Father, as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As a husband, I was able to witness the birth of my two children. And I would say that most husbands, when they're in a room and their wife is having a baby, the environment that they're around is very dramatic. We might not never talk about it, but it's a very dramatic environment. The reason being is that there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of drama. The wife is there getting ready to have the baby, and, and she's making a lot of noise because it's very painful for her. Then you have the nurses that are there, and one of the nurses is trying to comfort the wife. And, and then you have the doctor who's there, and they're waiting to, to, to bring the baby out. And then you have another nurse waiting there to, to grab the baby. And there's a lot of stuff going on. But does anybody ever think about the change of the environment that that baby has to go through? Because when that baby comes out, that baby is now in a different environment. That baby was nice and safe and comfortable. The baby did not have to breathe on their own because they were breathing from the placenta of the mother. Now that they have come into a new environment, that is no longer possible. So they have to cut the cord and now the baby has to take a first breath. Within 10 seconds, a baby should be taking a breath. If a baby doesn't take a breath in 10 seconds, there might be some problems. And they have to kick into another gear. The reason that the breath is so important is because now that the baby is in a new environment, the baby has to make adjustments with their entire body. And because of that breath, that is what triggers all the adjustments. There's a change in the, the breathing in the lungs because the lungs have been filled with liquid. Now the, the liquid has to leave and the, the, they now have to be filled with air so that they have to expand. And then once that breath is taken, it kicks in the gear the rest of the body that needs to change. There's a change of skin. There's a change of the gastrointestinal parts of the body. There's all these other changes in the blood vessels and the lungs. They have to make an adjustment. And that adjustment is made because of that breath. Well, when you think about that, where is it in Scripture where we can see the first breath? Well, we go back in Genesis, and what do we see? We see God breathing into dust. Now, that's really amazing thing, because let me say something first. When we see God breathing in the dust, we must recognize that something is happening there. And let me tell you, let me give in, in Ancient languages, the word for, for breath is the same as spirit. We need to understand that. And so 
three of the ancient languages are really related. They've tied in together. And we know that when we look at the Latin word, spiritus, it means spirit. When we look at the Greek word pneuma, that's where we get pneumatic from. And, and many of us might have a pneumatic drill. It's, it's ran by air. Or when we think about the word pneumonia, it's, it's a disease of, of, the, of the lungs, right? Pneuma, it's spirit. It, it means wind. It means breath. And then when we look in the Hebrew, it comes from the word racha. Notice what I just did. That's how you have to pronounce it. See, when you say that Hebrew word, it carries within saying the word a breath that needs to be taken. And so in the Hebrew, it captures both wind and breath and spirit. The Hebrew word needs to be understood because now when we look in Genesis, verse 7, chapter 2, we see that God breathes into dust. He had created dust. Dust has no value. Dust is really of, of low importance. And when you look at dust, we, we step on it, don't we? So death, death, I mean, dust represents frustration. It represents death. And God blows his breath into the dust. God blows spiritual life because that's what it is. Breath is life. He blows spiritual life into the dust. And man is now a living soul. We need to understand that. Because now when we come up to to Acts chapter 2, we see in Acts chapter 2, something dramatic happens. And when does it occur? It occurs on the day of Pentecost. So when we look at our text, our text says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, sorry about that, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. 
amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Notice when they all were there. They all were there on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. So when we look at Pentecost, Pentecost actually represented a time when all the Jews and those who were converts of Jews would come up to Jerusalem where the temple was and they would worship and thank God for all the things that God was providing for them. It was they were thanking him for three main things. The first being it was harvest time. Harvest time began on June 1st, so it was the time for the new harvest. The second thing, it was the time it represented the exodus, when, when God had delivered the, the Israelites out of Egypt. And then the third thing it represented was the giving of the law. They believed that it was 50 days after they were taken out of Egypt in which God provided the law through Moses, which they were to live by the law. They were celebrating that and giving thanks for that. And on this particular day, 120 disciples, those who loved God, those who believed who Jesus was, they were in obedience to God, and they were in this room. And when they were in this room, they were there together. They all were unified. They, they all were of the same mindset. They all were of the same purpose. They, they all were there through the Spirit because they were there out of obedience to Jesus who had told them to be there. And Jesus spoke through the Spirit as led by the Spirit to be obedient to God the Father. And so they're in this room. It's the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus had been resurrected. And something dramatic happens. As they're in this room, the text lets us know that all of a sudden, all of a sudden out of nowhere, there, there was a sound, a blowing of a violent wind, and it had come from heaven. Now, now, mind you, remember I just told you what happened in Genesis? Well, let's look at Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God, and, and God was there. He had created the heavens and the earth. And then it lets us know in part B of Genesis 1.1, that the spirit was hovering over the earth, over the waters. I hope you're with me. The spirit was hovering. Remember I told you the word racha. I told you it means wind. It means breath. It, it, it's, it's the spirit. The spirit, it was God was hovering. God the spirit hovering around the earth. And then we see that the man became alive because of the spirit of life that was blown into him by the breath of God. And now here in Acts, we see the breath of God, the spirit now within this dramatic entrance. Why? 
Well, they needed to know for number for one that Jesus had reached his destination. That Jesus had reached heaven. Because didn't Jesus not say, I need to leave and I must go back to the Father, but there will be a comforter that will come? Well, how would they know? Well, this is one of the signs. Because of this dramatic entrance by the Spirit, the Spirit would now change the entire way how people would serve God and how people would have relationship with God. And so... There had to be this dramatic entrance by the Spirit. And the only way for the disciples to know, there had to be evidence that God was now present and that the Spirit was present. Now, notice the text. It said, it sounded like. It was not wind. God uses the senses. Right, God uses symbolism. God is now communicating. God is communicating to the disciples that, okay, things have changed. It was predicted, it was prophesied in the Old Testament that, guess what? The Spirit would come at some point, and that day has now arrived. The Spirit is now here, and so it sounded like wind. Because guess what? Wind and spirit comes from the same word. It wasn't wind, but what was it? It was the presence of God that had now appeared, and he sounded like wind so that they could know he was there. And then what does the text say? The text lets us know that it was a violent wind, so it was like a hurricane, like a tornado. The reason being... So everybody could hear it. Isn't that interesting? Only God could do something like that. It wasn't a hurricane, but it sounded like one. So if we were to have a sound of a hurricane, turn it up real loud in a speaker, in the room, we could hear the sound of the hurricane in the room. We can hear the drama that's going on in the sound, but guess what? The hurricane's not here, is it? It's the sound. So the sound of, that was coming from the Spirit of God emanated so far out that other people could hear it, but yet the presence was only in that room. What else does it say? It, it says that like it sounded like wind, and then it says something else. They, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. It wasn't fire. Another symbol that God uses in order to let them know that the presence of God, the Spirit, was now here. The presence of God is here. And so what do we see? We see a picture. We, we see a symbol of a tongue that comes down from heaven. And then all of a sudden, it breaks up in the divisions, looking like little tongues of fire. And each of the small tongues that came from the big one now falls on each person's head. What, what's going on? 
the spirit is now present. The spirit is going to be present corporately as a body as well as individually in each of the individuals that are there. When we look at what the Spirit is doing here, the Spirit is letting us know that God's presence, and look at us here today, we are in here, the the ones who are here, that corporately we are the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is present corporately here in this place, but the Spirit of God, if we are believers, is present inside of each of us that are here who know Jesus. So there's a corporate relationship as well as an individual relationship. The Holy Spirit now is going to be present and he can be present everywhere at the same time. God is communicating. God is letting us know that there's a new ministry taking place. The new ministry isn't what they did in the Old Testament. The new ministry is now living here within us. And remember I said the day of Pentecost and what it represented, what they were celebrating? God is so organized. Look at what God does. See, those are pictures. When we look at the harvest time in the fields, when we look at the exodus, we know that it happened. When we look at the giving of the law, we know that it happened, but they were types. And so now on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, we see the fulfillment of what God wanted to do. On the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days after the Passover, 50 days after resurrection of Christ, we see here the first fruits. We we heard that word, right? The first fruits of the harvest. The first fruits of the harvest are those 120 people that are in the room. Because now they are going to be new people of a new race, which are believers who are in Jesus, because Christ is going to come live in them through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what God says. That's only the first one, right? So we see that they are the first fruits. And then what else? We see that there's the deliverance from slavery to sin. Remember, Egypt represented sin. It represented the world. And now the Holy Spirit comes And the Holy Spirit frees us from the clutches of the enemy, Satan. The enemy who who enslaves us to sin, we are now freed from sin and liberated from the clutches of sin because of the Spirit. And then there's one more thing, right? There was the other one. What do we see here? We see that it's the birth of the church, right? It's the birth of the church. And so what does Jesus show us here? What does God show us here through the birthing of the church? That the church is now going to take the place of Jesus. Jesus is going to now live in them, and they're going to now be in the mission of being, bringing people into the family of God. 
Well, how do we know that? We're going to see in just a second. But when we also look at that, we see that the Holy Spirit seals the believer. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. When we look at that, when you seal something tight, you shouldn't be able to open it. And if you try to open it, it's not going to be the same way as you sealed it. Because when you seal it, it's solid. Now, now, now what's being said there? The Spirit is the one who baptizes us into the family of God. That word baptismo means to be immersed. Well, we realize that that water baptism, it represents what has happened spiritually. So when we look at what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit baptizes us, immerses us into the family of God. It's through the Spirit that we're born again. It's through the Spirit that we were convicted of sin. It's through the Spirit that we're now empowered to live this life. It's through the Spirit that the Spirit now guides and directs our lives. It's the Spirit that seals us in God. There's a verse that Paul, there's a verse in Colossians. It says that we are hidden in Christ, in God. If, if we're in the middle between Christ and God, then how are we going to get out of that? We're sealed from the bottom, we're sealed from the top, and we're in the middle. How do we get out? We can't. We're sealed by God. I got to move along. So when we see all this stuff taking place, the Holy Spirit has, has filled them. The Holy Spirit is, has symbolized that, that what was going on, and now verbally something happens. All of a sudden, they start speaking in different languages. Whoa. And when you look at it in the Greek, it means languages. The tongues here is talking about languages. It's not talking about some tongue that, that some people believe to be of a godly language. That's not in this text. No, it's talking about other languages. I do not know French. But all of a sudden, if I start speaking French up here, you're going to know it wasn't me because I learned it. You're going to recognize, wait a minute, Crawford is speaking French. Well, how am I speaking French? It must be the Holy Spirit that's, that's speaking French through him. And, I, and, and somebody out here might know French. And so they, they're up here saying, Crawford doesn't speak French. But yet they hear French coming out of my mouth. And they understand what's being said. And then somebody over here, they, they hear another disciple speaking Spanish. And they're like, Why don't I, they don't know Spanish, but they speak in Spanish. And I know what they're saying. See, that's what was taking place. And I read all these different 
countries, all these different parts, regions who were there. There were devout men coming from all these different areas, and they were up there for the festival. And now look at what God is doing. God is creating a scenario in which he brings all the people of the world at that time together to experience this dramatic event, this birth of the church, this this birth, just like I explained to you when I was there for the birth of my children and it was dramatic. So God enters into this dramatic scene so that everybody could be drawn there to give them what? So that they can be given a word about the wonders of God. And he's going to give them the word through these disciples that are in that room and they're going to be speaking in all these different languages and people are going to be drawn to where they are because they heard the sound It was the Holy Spirit's presence that was coming. And then they now hear in words. And now they draw into something tangible because they were now speaking. And they like, what? We got to go see what's going on. And it sets the scene where they can be preached to. Did you catch that? God has called all of us to be preachers. You might not have the title, but if you've been saved and you have the Holy Spirit, then that sets the tone for them to come to hear the other preacher. But you were a preacher too. Because God has called us. He brought us into the body, and we have experienced Jesus on the individual level so that now we're operating corporately to draw people to God through how we live. But we don't live out of our flesh. God has enabled us to live out of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what leads and guides our lives. And as we begin to be led by the Spirit, God is going to do some dramatic things through us because we're going to have the opportunity of seeing how God is able to use us to bring birth. Not that we're actually doing the birth, but we can influence birth of other people into the kingdom. See. When you think about this, God blows life physically into man back in Genesis. When he blew life into man, it was spiritual life. He had a spiritual relationship with God, but that spiritual relationship was broken Because of sin. Now look at what God does in Acts. He says, you know what? You want to be able to experience that spiritual life again. Because what happened in Genesis chapter 3, there was the fall. There was spiritual death. So that we have a spirit in us when we're born. But that spirit is dead. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul lets us know that our spirit is now quickened because of the spirit of God. That when we receive Christ, the spirit of God now indwells us and quicken us to become a spiritual being. And we're made alive. But yet we walk and live like we did. Do you see Jesus walking around like he half dead? Jesus was life. It didn't matter what was going on. Jesus did not die until he was on that cross. Jesus wasn't dead until he breathed his last breath. And he died. But he had the power to be able to be resurrected. And he conquered death. And because he conquered death, 50 days later, on Pentecost, we see the Holy Spirit coming. And the spirit of life now is able to live within us. That same spirit that hovered over the earth back in Genesis. And we see that and we know that because of Moses. Because God gave them that revelation to Moses because Moses was not there. And so the spirit of God through Moses was able to give us that insight. So that we can know that the spirit of God was present way back there. And we know what it says because of Colossians that Jesus was there too. We know that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all there together. And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is present within us. And we have power. What's keeping us from walking in that power? My challenge to you today is to walk in the power that you've been given. Because you have it. As a believer, we have everything we need for life. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We are called to be led by the Spirit. And if we live by the Spirit, God is going to use us to do some mighty things. Why don't we want that? Desire that. And if you don't desire it, ask God to give you the desire. The last thing this says here is that there were some people there who thought that they were drunk. Now, can you explain this to me? How on earth, if you're speaking in another language, they're going to get that mixed up with somebody drunk because somebody drunk can't even talk. They're going to have slurred words. I don't understand that. They have slurred words. How are they going to be drunk and it's, it's in the morning time? presence of the Holy Spirit 
will make some people think that something's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with us. The Holy Spirit is going to have us do some things that might appear to be crazy to us at times. But we have to trust him because he's God. And if we trust him, he's going to allow us to see some great things. When I was in that room, when I saw my kids born, I experienced a miracle. On the day of Pentecost, they experienced a miracle. When we got saved, we all experienced a miracle. Birth is a miracle. And because you've been birthed in the spirit, you are able to see some miracles. Because when somebody comes to Christ, if you allow the spirit of God to lead us, to lead you, and if I allow the spirit of God to lead me, we're going to witness some miracles. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be led by the Spirit. Help us, Lord. Give us the desire to want to totally submit our lives to you. Lord, you want us to be used so that people can experience miracles. Not that we're bringing about the miracle, but Lord, through us opening our mouth and through us being obedient, you are able to do miracles because of us operating out of faith. Father, let's really understand that. We ask this of you today. In Jesus' name. blessed by the message that through the spirit of God we can help lead the church to where God wants us to go he empowers us and enables us to be able to preach the gospel to go ye into the world and to share the gospel to every living creature that's what God called us to do not just to sit in the midst of worship but to worship as we walk for Christ and be a witness and evangelize and so with that when we leave this place of worship we are continuing in worship to continue to grow the church through the power of the Holy Spirit so Father we ask that you will continue to empower us through your Holy Spirit that just like the disciples you empowered them through your Holy Spirit Father the same spirit live in us 
And Father, help us to be able to go into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature and be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. And we'll see you in church. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.